We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 452 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, he's Levant, aka Barcelev. And as we await football to return after the short break in now less than 24 hours, we have just a few things left on the agenda before it's actually time to talk about football again, the way Xavi wanted to. And Levant, I do start with that Xavi press conference, but more the comments about Messi in that Xavi press conference, because we started the first show of the week with Messi and you know, I don't think many people say, hey, stop talking about Messi. I don't want to hear any more about him. So, of course, the press conference has already filtered out two different versions of the same quote, too. So, obviously, you were watching in Spanish. You were watching with Xavi. So, the different interpretations of this quote already are that he doesn't want to talk about Messi, which is fair because there is work to be done in the season. But he did say, I like to talk about Messi. I would love to have him to come back. We are working on his return. It's a club of his life. It's normal that people are looking forward to Messi's last dance at Barcelona. And then the other way was much more about not the time to talk about it. Messi's return is an issue we're dealing with. I speak a lot with him. Hopefully we can see him back here. This is his home. So pretty much the same sentiment regardless of of how his quotes were interpreted. But yeah, it seems like this Messi stuff isn't just, oh, it would be a dream of Kool-Aid and Messi FC for him to return. But this is a real thing that the club is, it seems like looking at more than anything else as a priority. Yeah, I mean, confession time. I did not actually watch or listen to the uh, press conference. I I read the the transcript. You know that mm-hmm. Mundo Deportivo and sports. Like whenever uh, uh, Xavi gives the tra- the press conference, they they do a a summary of every answer that he gives. Yeah. So it's not a, it's it's not a word for word transcript, but it's still pretty close to what he says. Uh, it's not as co- as complete as the as the whole thing, but reading those transcripts still gives you a better uh, uh, a better idea of what he said. I mean, you just pull like different quotes. Sometimes I I have time to to actually listen to the thing. Often I often I do even during my break. But today was unfortunately uh, not one of those days. I was really busy. So one of the things is like I think they went back and asked him about Messi four or five times. Yeah, that's why right. that's why you're seeing all those different quotes. So he yeah. starts out by saying that you know, hey, don't want to talk about Messi because it's not fair to 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 the player to the to the club blah 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 the usual stuff. But he but then he almost immediately follows up by saying that he is in like I don't know if I don't know if he said daily, but he made it sound as if he and Messi talk every day. So mm-hmm. already there, like that was like, okay, boom, wow. 
I don't want to talk about Messi. I, talk, I don't want to talk about him, but I talk with Messi all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then after he, he, he naturally took it a step further saying that, you know, he it's completely Lionel Messi's decision. He did say that it might depend on fair play, um, but it is Leo's decision. So that obviously shows that, you know, if, if Xavi talked about it that openly, Juste also talked about it quite openly the other day. Well, I was going to say, and that to me, his comments, when the VP makes those comments about a messy return, that always does flag it a bit more even than than Xavi. Because again, Xavi just, he's not necessarily concerning himself with FFP and things like that. You want to switch that around, you're saying. You say just making promises. Yeah, yeah I, I, I say switch it around. Um, a coach does not talk about this unless he has a pretty good idea that the club mm-hmm. is trying to get him. Because a vice president, they talk just to talk sometimes. Okay, hold on. So, wait, wait. I, I, I do have to defend you a little bit because when he did come to the New York, he did say to me and a few other of the, the, uh, the podcasters and media here, he said that we do a great job. So I really think that you stay, you know, we just have to take him for his word at exactly what he says at all times. <laughs> no, I, I, but I'm just thinking in general, um, you I know, understand. but um, also like him saying that you did a great job just proves my point really uh, <laughs> okay so, so let's, 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 i'm just I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with you but i think in general like when when, when a coach actually goes and repeats mm-hmm. a couple of times that he'd be very happy to have the guy at, at the club yeah. and he actually alludes to two things like fair play two things like hey you know it depends on what the player wants then i mean obviously there's something going on there because if not xavi would xavi would not say not not yeah. good for his team, not good for anybody. Where, whereas vice presidents, their words are, are sometimes taken with a grain of salt where yeah. they kind of, yeah, sometimes they speak because you, you think they want to make the fans happy or or this or that or just to flex or or whatever. Yeah. And I'm saying that this is the case for Eustace because I thought like what he said was quite measured. Um, well, yeah, let, let's but, go to the, the, I want you to really go deep on the, on the sporting aspect, but from the non-sporting aspect, the FFP part of this, like it does, we were going to talk about the right back thing and then onto and kind of combine all that stuff together, unfortunately here, because the number that I would guess for Messi, because they say, oh, he'll come for free. He's not going to come for free. But if he does come for, I mean, my guess would be eight to 10 million. At that point, to choose to come to Barcelona to fit in their FFP, it seems like eight to ten would be the number. And I mean, who makes thirteen point? What is it? Thirteen point eight on Sufati. And same thing with like, what would a right back make? A right back that we brought in, like to be a starter, would probably make around what six to eight, or maybe more than six, eight to nine. And if they don't bring in a right back, and 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 Ansu Fati's future over the summertime does not equal FC Barcelona, then now you're seeing where that ten million begins with your first signing. As well as if Inigo Martinez, who seems to be done and dusted already, if he takes what is expected to be around seven million, then that's where you're seeing your eighteen million on the salary that you would expect that even with financial constraints is doable and possible once the revenue changes and the wage limit goes up. It comes from Busquets so, coming off the books and all those different things. PK and like that you and I have talked about before. Yeah, but there are a couple of things here to keep in mind. So yeah, Messi Messi might accept a five million salary or might accept to come for, for one million. It's one thing what we pay him and it's the other thing uh, what La Liga is going to accept that we pay him. Because we went through this with Dani Alves one and a half seasons ago or one one year ago. It came halfway through the season, I believe, where Dani Alves came and he accepted minimum wage. And La Liga said, Well, no, you might be paying him one minimum wage, but we don't believe you. And 
we're going to enter his contract in the fair play system as if we're, as if you guys are paying him 7 million because compared to what he used to earn 7 million is reasonable and yeah. there's no way that it, he, he's accepting less now if they do that with messi how, how much does messi make right now for paris saint-germain i think it's give me one second i think it's upwards in like 38 or something like that 38 so 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 then la liga might say well oh know, i'm just kidding no no he makes 63.6 right now so La Liga might say, well, you know, we don't believe that Messi is going to come for you for anything less than half of what he was making for Paris Saint-Germain. That is true. So uh, so that's 30 million right there. Which does and replace, which actually half of that is about Busquets' salary, interestingly enough. like Yeah, but you cannot, like, if Busquets leaves, you cannot just replace him because... You're already over your wage limit. Yeah, because they we're, cannot... We're already, over, we're already over the wage Oaho. limit. Yep, sure. So, you know... Where is the money supposed to come from? I I have no idea. One part of this is, you know, say what you want about Bartomeu. But the club was making a lot of money. And if right now, post-COVID, our 70% of earn, of income amounts to 400 million, which is what we need to go down to. And under Bartomeu, we were at almost 700 million. Like th- th- there's a huge discrepancy between what we used to earn and what we're earning now. People are saying yeah, sponsorship. Home, Spe- well, I was like, going to say home games, home games in Mons Week next year, I think are probably going to hurt a little bit. Home, game, home games are going to hurt in Mons Week for, for sure, definitely. The other thing that hurts is, well, people are saying sponsorships, but how? like the main sponsors, we got them. So I'm, I'm a little puzzled where where all, all of the other income came from. But you're mentioning Ansu Fati. How much are you going to sell Ansu Fati for? How, how many clubs are going to pay us a huge amount of money for Ansu Fati? And I don't want to sell Ansu Fati to begin with. But say, yeah, but say you accept 60 million. Yeah, I think there is a tax of having Jorge Mendez as his... Like by tax, I mean, I think Jorge Mendez can get a number between 50 and 70. I think for a 20-year-old... I think I think Jorge Mendez for like a Barcelona youngster who's 20 years old. I think Jorge Mendez gets a number. If it's another agent, like let's say reverse it, right? If it was Sissoko, Dembele's agent for Fati, I don't think mm-hmm. they get more than 25, 35. But I think Jorge Mendez can get you True. 60. Yeah, uh, Jorge Mendez, maybe. But I mean, a player with Fati's in- injury history, who has played the way he has played for us this year, um, you know, we might be getting a lot, a lot less. A lot less, uh, and there's already like uh, rumors floating that um, uh, if they were to leave, that they expect like for that figure to be 35, 40 million, which is which, what his market value is based on, like transfer market and, and yeah, different types yeah. of that. And 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 like r- really, you're gonna you're gonna sell Ansu Fati for 35 million, like so, you know, yeah, if if, if Messi comes back. We have to drop wage down to two hundred. A lot of things need to happen for that for that to be possible. So yeah, I mean, you, and that's just you, the non-sporting stuff. Like speaking of and, the sporting and that's just stuff, yeah, yeah, like the sporting stuff. Yeah, it's more difficult even. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing that jumps out to me the most is that it seems like Busquets is on the way to renewing. If Messi were to come, as counterintuitive, it seems like oh, that Messi and Busquets would want to be together. I don't. I there's no way that you could have Busquets and Messi on the field to me at the same time anymore. Like I just, because you can't fit 
I mean, like Pedri and De Young, you'd have to say Pedri and De Young, you have to be able to do the job that defensive midfield. You have to be able to shore up that spot in behind Messi as well as you can. I I I don't think Messi and Busquets are are the problem as much as who do you have on the forward line? Because if you have Messi and Dembele sure. and Lewandowski, then defensively that forward line, there, there there's nobody who really com- compensates. Like I think Lewandowski. Yeah, I mean, can I, my, can I change my can my answer? Like I don't know how Lewandowski and Messi coexist because even like people say, oh, have Messi playing behind him, and that's what Xavi has not even indicated, but I, he would play in more of a attacking midfielder role. But I don't understand, yeah, how Lewandowski because even looking at like Luis Enrique's time. And I mean, what PSG should be doing is that whoever is not Messi, that being Mbappe at PSG, should be the one defending. Like they should be the one to drop in. And then mm-hmm. Messi is still that outlet farther forward. But Lewandowski hasn't truly been, I mean, he's been pressing, his pressing numbers are okay, but his pressing numbers are, are I mean, kind of expected of a 34-year-old number nine to be up there. And he does his job and he gets his goals and he has his position. But I think, yeah, I mean, defensively, I was pulling my hair out with Luis Suarez and Messi in those last two seasons. I mean, because yeah, it, just, and, it wasn't working. Like they weren't pressing together. And, and I, 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 I don't think Lewandowski is. I don't think that Lewandowski is at the hamburger level of Luis Suarez. Sure, but, yeah, yeah. But you know, he's not going to compensate for Messi's lack of defense. I think Dembélé has improved a lot to, in in his work work rate, but he's not going to compensate for Messi. Would you lack also of expect Dembélé to be on the the left side then? I mean, is Messi going to technically be your right winger, right? Like, if, if you still build up in a 3-2-5, that makes sense. Or if you make it a 2-3-5, it still makes sense to Messi to be occupying somewhere in the middle and tucking in. But then you have Koundé's not really getting forward at all as some kind of, you know, wide right right fullback. I just think personnel-wise, it is, a, it is a really interesting question because the way this squad is built and the way it's changed at the moment, I don't see how he, from a sporting sense, totally just... Fits jams in there on the right wing. If anything, if he played on the left side, it would make things a little bit easier in theory. But I mean, but, yeah, but, but you're, even not gonna, then, you're, you're not going to waste his left foot on the left side. No, no, of course you wouldn't do it. That. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're not doing that. But I'm saying is like that the way the squad is constructed. Yeah, there really isn't a spot for Messi. But of course, there is always a spot for Messi because again, like even just mm-hmm. looking at like XG, what Messi, what Barcelona knows, if Xavi can make it all work. What what Messi does for especially in La Liga, XG like it just it, it kills it all. But again, you look at the the team and defensively, giving up nine goals in the Liga, regardless of the Champions League numbers, like giving up nine goals in the Liga is not a fluke. Like over the course of a whole year, things tend to be true. And and Messi, you have to believe, will upset some of the balance of that defensive solidity that the team has. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But do you, I mean, that, that's a trade-off. Like, do you, can you uh, trade that, that off for what Messi that, contributes to you offensively? That's a, that, that's a trade-off. But offensively, like, that, that's, that's what worries worries me just as much as defensively of how does it fit offensively and you know the the player that is most compatible with Messi in our it's offense no, he's a midfielder. the the our attacker who's most compatible with Messi well Mufin is the most redundant so that's a lot that's the worst answer uh I mean is it Dembele is that I mean that has to be the answer right no it's Anzu well it's Anzu who, who who finds the space mm-hmm. for Messi to pass to that's Anzu coming from the left yeah i agree it was on to yeah i mean i agree with that i mean like mm-hmm. l- look at his numbers yeah i mean his his goal per 90 with messi was 0.61 and 0.84 in the seven games that he played the year messi left mm-hmm. interestingly enough last year it was a 1.07 so his actually his goals per 90 that being fati got better last year in those moments that he was on the field but again yeah this season is just 0.29 falling completely off a cliff but i mean wouldn't that i mean wouldn't that be the perfect story right yeah. Ansu but- sticks around, and then Messi revives his career. I mean, that's that's the most that yeah, that's the most Barcelona propaganda I've ever heard. But yeah, but yeah it'd be a good situation. Ansu's movement isn't hasn't suffered. He is fine physically. If if Ansu is not okay physically, then his dad doesn't go crazy on TV saying Ansu should play, Ansu should play, Ansu should play. His dad will be worried about his son physically. It's it, it's just his confidence. How, how are you going to get Ansu's confidence back up? <laughs> Have Messi feeding him the ball. Have Messi, the veteran, who is no longer the goal scorer that he used to be, have him feed the, feed the ball to Ansu. So you would have Messi, you would have Ansu. I would put Messi as a false nine or or maybe as like a false right winger. Or what is being said a lot is that he would be like uh, the fourth midfielder. But then that fourth midfielder would be a right wing midfielder. Right, so I'm saying you're, t- you're and, taking out Dembele or Lewandowski, right? Like from that and, situation, you take out one of them, and you take out. You, if he's a right, if he's on the right, then you're gonna need Lewandowski in the middle, but you know you're gonna need Ansu on the left because Messi and Lewandowski. I don't know how compatible how compatible that is. You're gonna have Lewandowski with nobody who actually crosses the ball to him. You know, every every ball that he gets is either gonna come from. Like in the current setup, Gavi on the right, there's no real service to Lewandowski. Messi, I said Gavi on the left, there's no real service to Lewandowski. M- Messi on, on the right, he's going to get the ball to Lewandowski, but he's never going to get to the uh, end line and, yeah. and get a cross in. And that's where Lewandowski is very strong uh, scoring-wise, right? With Messi on the right, in order to have a balanced defense, you're going to... You're gonna to need to continue to play Araujo or or Conde on the right, and they're not gonna give good yeah. passes to Lewandowski either. So it's just a very weird setup. I mean, so, I would have a lot so, of faith so what you in... what you would need is Ansu on the left. Yeah, I mean, I would have a lot of faith in that pass that Muller used to deliver Lewandowski for Bayern Munich, the one in that right half space that Lewandowski would run onto, and because of mm-hmm. his right foot, he could just swing around. I think you'd see a lot of easy goal score that way. But I mean, I think from a sporting sense too, 
you're you have to sell Rafinha then. Like immediately, Rafinha has to be the odd man out in that situation. Just like by bringing Messi in, you cannot have Messi, Dembele, and Rafinha all occupying. Again, even if Messi fit in at 10 million euros, you cannot have those three players all playing only exclusively basically on the right wing. I think, you know, Dembele, yeah, we get a lot of time on the left. But I mean, is is Rafinha at 13.5 and again onto at 13.8 and Dembele at 13.5, then you have Messi at whatever he is, 10 to 15 million, if you know, if if the league even accepts that, and you have all those players at at, at right wing. I just I don't see how that is that's feasible. But yeah, I'll well, give you the final I mean, word here, then we'll we'll move on to another player. So if if you sell Rafinha for I don't know, seventy million with the with the seventy five million that uh, we paid for him, uh, you you break even. But if you sell Dembele for forty million, then that's forty million of income that you can leverage. But then again, Rafinha, if you tell him, hey, we're gonna sell you, I think he's gonna go along with it. Dembele, uh, he always ends up doing what he wants, not what the club wants. Uh, and I'm not I mean, saying that I want, and, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that I want to. Uh, I'm saying that I want us to sell Dembele. You know, I yeah, I really 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 like that player. Anyway, it's. Yeah, I would say that it's an I would extremely say that have, complicated puzzle. I would say that we have said nothing. Yeah, I would say that there's no there's nothing aggregate here. That having Messi back is, I mean, from a non-sporting and sporting aspect, is really interesting because of who he is, what he is, not only what he represents, but what he can still do. I mean, what he really just won the World Cup like three yeah. months ago. Like you, you see what he can physically still do, and yeah, it, it's certainly something that would boost the club in really important ways. Okay, yeah. Final word from 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 an emotional point of view. Yeah, there's there's nothing, that would, there's nothing that I would like more, and I think yep. e- even more so myself as somebody who goes to the stadium and goes to the games mm-hmm. from an emotional point of view of actually being able to say goodbye to to this wonderful footballer who yeah. has given who has given us so much joy, like that that the emotional reason for running him back is very strong. The the rational part of me is not convinced neither um money wise and sporting wise i guess it would depend like hey what do we have to sacrifice for right for it to make happen are we going to lose anzu and dembele and frankie de jong just so that we can get messi back i don't know if that's a good idea on the other hand or or are you gonna have to even freeze out gabi of like a like minutes like in the long term like when you're talking about having him as a midfielder that with that rotation like is this going to in some way halt or stunt Gabi's development in major ways. Like, I mean, do you want 10 years mm-hmm. of Gabi or do you want that one year of Messi? It's short term versus long term. And the one, the one thing I say, though, about like the short term thing is that football changes and teams change and injuries happen and everything in world football changes so much between two, three, four, five years, right? So it's like, not, it, it's like, it's, I mean, I'm a big NBA fan too. So teams that make the decision in the moment usually get the championship or usually get rewarded for making that short term error. And then you kind of deal with all of it afterwards. It's just when you mm-hmm. make that big gamble and then you don't win, that's the problem. Yeah. And that's why when Laporte even made this big gamble and everyone's like, oh, Barcelona won the Champions League, their season's over. And yet Xavi is looking like at this point, again, he has a half a foot into a domestic treble. <laughs> so it's like it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to argue that that go for broke that they did. Yeah, it failed in the Champions League. But all right. Uh, speaking of. And, no, and, and, and here also, Riz is going to continue talking about this. I know you want to change topics, but. I'm uh, trying. Eric know. Garcia is waiting for us, Levon. <laughs> Eric, Eric, I cannot make Eric wait much longer. But Fuck yes, Eric, please. Talk about Messi of Eric Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, how, how has Messi done in the Champions League the last five, six, seven, eight, the last eight years? How has he done in the Champions League? Because at that level of the game, 
where you go against really, really good teams, that's what that's when you're gonna suffer. So that's why Barcelona suffered. When whenever we got like to quarter or semifinals, we've been suffering. At Paris Saint Germain, I mean, he he actually joined a team that came off of a Champions League final, and he did not make that team better in the Champions League. Far from it. Is it all his fault? No, the ba- the the balance is off. But here again, like the balance at Barcelona is probably going to be off as well. Right. So uh, yeah, if he comes back, I think the league should be should be very very doable. But uh, hey, expect expect us to suffer in the Champions League again, which is the least of my worries because I'm okay. Like emotionally, I'm okay with us. Not doing well in the Champions League, but having Messi back for one or two more seasons where I get to properly say goodbye to the guy. Don't, the only thing that worries me is, okay, if Messi is back, does that mean that we have to sacrifice Ansu, Frenkie de Jong, Araujo right. uh, in, in order to make that happen? That freaks me out. Is Laporta going to sell another 20 years of uh, merchandising or, or, or whatever yeah. in, order, in order to make it happen? Uh, that would freak me out. Yep, yep, those are all, all, all fair. Um, but and fortunately, I think what could really solidify the middle of the field, of course, is tra- putting the trust in Xavi. And finally, considering a topic, Levon, that you and I have teased before, but never really dug into. You and I have kind of pushed this one to the side, not really committed to it. But Xavi has said that Eric Garcia could be a pivot in the Rafa Marquez mold. And he did play the pivot at times for Barcelona, but he played pivot more, I mean, even in the later years of his career at Atlas when he returned home. Uh, in the Mexican league, but even at Red Bulls, he played for at center back, mostly center back at Barcelona, but for the Mexican national team as well, like what most casual fans, if you, if you will know him as is actually defensive midfielder for Mexico. So Xavi did, it was a fair comparison. Like this is a center back, but also there might be some pivot abilities in there. And the fact that, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Twitter user 004283 Barca fan asking for this. This is actually Xavi saying, I have these ideas. But I don't know. There's like three different ways this is go, right? This is that there are links that Eric Garcia is wanted by Arsenal. That could just be Barcelona dipping their toe and saying, okay, maybe Arsenal don't actually want Eric Garcia, but what if they did? Because he came from Man City, Barcelona. Like, what if Arsenal did want him? What's his market, right? And they're kind of testing that. And then there is a potential that, hey, Eric Garcia is getting no minutes. Xavi does want to throw this kid a bone because, I mean, for everything you've ever heard about Eric Garcia, he's great in the locker room. He's great with his role in the team, he's someone like Sergio Roberto that you just want to have around. In a Catalan club, he's a Catalan kid that you just want to have there. So I think Sins of Xavi also just wants to throw him a, bo- a bone. And then there is this option C, that is, what if Eric Garcia can, we'll say, prove the doubt is wrong and that I, of course, am as concerned as everyone else is about him and his ability to especially turn under pressure. I've said it before, and I've, I've touted this, that his progressive passing is I mean, the numbers say it like he is like top 95 percentile in progressive passing, like even from a center back spot, especially when you're playing against the Elche's and the Amerias, like having him on the field offensively going forward makes you better. But there is so much concern about his ability to turn, change direction and be able to dribble himself out of trouble that we have really never gotten to see. He's also been never challenged in those ways. But I mean, I think it's fair to have a fair degree of skepticism for a player that I actually really, really like, if that's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm usually skeptic as well. And I don't know, you, I think we follow different people on Twitter because 999 times per day, I see somebody uh, saying, hey, we should try Eric at, uh, at Pivot. 
I ain't even credited my face. Listen, I ain't even credited the Facebook and, group. And, and, no, no, and I think they've, they've been saying this for like for, for like years, 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 and now they're like, it's finally happened. I always said it. I always said it. But there, there, there is a huge difference between you being a central defender and somebody passes you the ball. You have so much space. You have the whole pitch in front of you, and, and then you pass forward, as opposed to receiving the ball from a central defender having one or two opponents in your back, having to turn away from them, and then passing the ball. That's, the difference is huge. So people say like, oh, it's, it, it would work because of his passing ability. No, no may, maybe it could work because of, because of his defense. And his defense at that position with, with his intelligence and his anticipation, because there he can anticipate while still having people in, behind him to cover. If something is like, if it's going to work, it's because of his defense, defensive capabilities. Um, but pff, I, I see it as a huge change. I must honestly say, I don't remember Rafa Marquez playing that many games in as a pivot for Barcelona. And there's a reason that he yeah. went back to central central defense. Well, he, um, he didn't really because it was Yagatori, it was Keita, it was... I mean, Xavi would even drop in deeper when... The yeah, no, and, 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 and before that, it was Mota, it was Danielson. You know, so, you know, did he play there every every now and then? Yeah, sure. Because, and then he he goes to the Mexican league and he plays pivot. Yeah, because it's it's the Mexican league. And the level is so much lower that you put somebody of such a high level there. I mean, he was 37, 38 at the time when he left, even when he left Red Bull. I mean, it's the same thing like... How Danny Alves played the pivot in the Brazilian league, right? It's the same thing. Exactly. Danny Alves went to Brazil and he played number 10. Um, Alaba. Alaba, he's he's a left left back for Bayern Munich. And then he plays for Portugal and they put him in the 10 because he's the best guy on the pitch. Yeah. So, but but at this level, for Eric Garcia, who, from what I understand, has always been a central defender, Mm -hmm. even during during his youth. I, I know he's an extremely intelligent player, and I think defensively, it's 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 very interesting uh, because he's smart positionally and he anticipates very well, so his pressing will be good. I think, I think it's doable. I think it's doable because Barcelona has an incredible team, and we're playing against teams that are their 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 whole team is not as expensive as our most expensive player. But I think it is far from far from optimal, and I don't yeah, think I, I, I don't think it will ever be his best position. I also don't, I, you know, I also not to be super skeptical. I also don't know if we ever even see it because this season, if we see it, it might be for two or three games at the end of the year. If Barcelona do win the Liga and they're up by nine points two weeks into May, because there are only twelve match days left, and even the squad list that was named, like Xavi said, hey. I mean, he's been saying it all year, but Pablo Torre might get some minutes, right? You see that Astanas, Alarcon, Alex Garrido, who there have been good reports about, he's an attacking midfielder. He's also in the squad this week. And so the, the squad is constructed with Rafinha out. Uh, well, he's suspended. And then Dembele, Frankie de Young is hurt. Pedri's still out. And then Christensen, obviously, it doesn't affect that rotation. But looking at who's available in the squad list, I don't, again, like Xavi said it, he wants to go up 15 points. I don't see how Busquets doesn't start both on the weekend because then he didn't play international break. So I think as much as you can say Xavi, you know, Hey, Eric Garcia has a pivot that we're, we're mixing that idea or Pablo Torre as a midfielder. We're, we're, we're having fun with that idea. A team that has Busquets and Gabi and Kessie and Roberto, 
two of those, th- I mean, three of those four players are going to start in the midfield. And then I think three of those four players, again, start in El Clasico. You just, you swap out whoever it was, Kessie or, or Roberto as the other midfielder in that. And then even on that back line, like, I don't see how you're mixing it up too much. Like, I think you can see, yeah, if they go up three, nothing on Elche or four, nothing on Elche, Alacan, Astanas, they might throw, be thrown on the field. I, Alex Gordita, at least making the bench, that's a big deal for him. Casado's in the squad as well. You know, but Eric Garcia might come off as, he might he might come on maybe as a pivot for the last six minutes against LJ if they're up three nothing. Like I just I just would say like I'm just tempering my expectations. I don't think there's gonna be some like huge oh my gosh, Eric's at the pivot and Alice Correa got a start and you know what I mean? Like I just don't think Xavi's gonna reinvent the wheel. I mean maybe Paul Torre gets a start against LJ. If he doesn't get a start there, like again, he's not gonna start. But I just I think Xavi really, really wants to win the league and, and wrap it up here. And yeah, going putting fifteen points of pressure on Real Madrid is, is something you don't wanna you don't want to take that chance. I think it's more likely that Eric's going to start as a pivot than that Pablo Torre gets a start against uh, really against Elche because because Xavi said it. Like first that rumor was floated, mm-hmm. and then he actually confirms that he's been that is true. He's been training as a pivot. He's been training as a midfielder, and that is doing well. So yeah, I mean, he did say he wanted Pablo Torre to get minutes. Like now, he did say yeah. the same thing. And, but he also been training all year, and he also said that he also said that Pablo Torre has the um, has set pieces. Yeah. That, the best set, set that pieces. was interesting. Yeah, that yeah. was interesting. I was like, uh, it's it's true that you know we don't have great set piece takers. Have they scored a the direct free kick since Messi? No. Right. No, but also I like his think, well, I would also say I don't in terms of like positions as to where Messi used to get fouled, um, or even when Suarez would drop in and get fouled. I feel like the positions where Barcelona get fouled are not in these advantageous goal positions. Anymore. I just feel like there's less opportunities. For those, what what is that like a twenty five yard direct free kick? I just I just don't even see those those chances as much. And then it's usually what Rafinha who takes them. Well, Rafinha's been taking them recently with when he starts. But Rafinha yeah, has I, a good Rafinha has a good pass though. Like mm-hmm. he, he can cross the ball in really well. So yeah, it, I mean, it would be nice if Pablo Torres Torre gets a couple of starts and does well. And apparently, Pablo Torre feels that he has improved a lot this season. I've been I've been reading or hearing. And he wants to stay mm-hmm. at Barca next season as well. Who who knows? Like, who knows what happens there? But yeah, I'd be happy to see him start. Uh, I would be happy to see Eric Garcia in, in midfield. And if it works, it could also be a way of getting Eric Garcia minutes so that when we sell him this summer, mm-hmm. we can sell him for a bit more money. I think the, I think the Arsenal link makes sense because Arteta... Knows him from their time at Manchester City. Mentally, yeah. um, I, I also think that Garcia is a lot better defender than than a lot of people give him credit for. So, you know, if you can get 20, 25 million from him from Arsenal, that that would be amazing, right? Because we kind of need some money this summer. Even yeah. if we don't sign, we need money to renew. So, yep, yep, a lot of players. So, well, I mean, fortunately for Barcelona, or I guess unfortunately, Danny Ceballos' camp did call me up and tell me that he will be going, that being Gabi, to Bayern Munich for free, of course, because he doesn't have a first-team contract. So, And why would Danny Ceballos' team say a, a negative thing about Gabi? I just, I, I just don't know why. I don't think there's anything here, right? The whole Gabi-Danny Ceballos stuff with the Spanish national team. So uh, Levo, you know, which is, they've, they've had some hit-and-miss stuff since they started, but the report claimed that Gabi didn't really want to show up to a signed event. But then it came out later on with some investigations from Mundo Deportivo and, and Cope asking his camp that 
he just took a, a whack on the head, which again is not surprising that Kabi got knocked up in, in training in some way and that he wasn't feeling too great. So, I mean, if anything, I was more worried about, oh, did Gabi suffer concussion that they're kind of just like, Shh, you know what I mean? Hush hushing about. So if Gabi doesn't start against Elche and he's rested for Real Madrid, that actually lends me to think like, hey, that whack on the head might really be something because they want to sit him out. You know what I mean? Like he's injured, but not injured in a way that NFL players are injured, but not injured with the head stuff. So, you know, you know how I always feel with the head stuff. So take that seriously, but don't take any of any of the rest of it seriously. It's just, it's, it's a lot of nonsense, but it does at least, I like it a little bit because it does kind of, it make while well, it does make the Spanish national team worse, but it does kind of give more fuel to El Clasico midweek. And I think as much as we like hate it, like we talk about the romance of it, there is something about Real Madrid and Barcelona you know, having these matches in El Clasico that matter. I mean, that 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 last one in the league was, I mean, amazing. Like just the, oh even God, though as you yeah. and I talked about, leading up to it, it felt like nothing. It felt like nothing. But then the result happened. You're like, okay, that El Clasico made sense. As did, oddly as that sounds. Did, did we talk about that match? Was I on the pod? Was I on the pod after that match? I don't, I don't think so. Oh my God. No, I, I did see your tweets. You said it was like, it was like dull leading up to it in a way that you weren't. You were surprised by it. Uh, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, um, because you guys know, I live like two minutes from, from, from the stadium. And and often on match days, hours and hours and hours before the game, you hear the fans, you go outside, you see a lot of people. I was just chilling at home on Sunday. And I was like, uh, I think the match was at nine o'clock. And I thought, well, you know, at, at one o'clock, two o'clock, there will already be people outside drinking. And there will be, already be like chants going up going on and stuff but nothing man i went i went out at 7 30 and it was so much more quiet like it, it, it seemed like as if it was a game against elche and then it's kind of like livened up a bit like the last hour before the game but in the stadium man that damien's in the stadium was amazing it was so good yeah it was so good and and we just exploded at at the last goal when Cassie scored we just exploded Exploded! Oh man, no, it was a beautiful night. I've been to every Clasico since Valverde became coach, which means that honestly, I did not have a lot of good Clasicos in in the camp. Now, I had the two-two where uh, Messi equalized, or no, Messi put us ahead, but then they equalized in the end. It was two-two. I had the five-one, which was fun, but all of the others were either like. Uh, drab zero zeros or just miserable losses. Never humiliations, but just you know, one nothing, two nothing. Yep, just the Vinicius Junior and, one, and, the Modric yeah, one, yeah, and and just disappointing games at home. Not good games. Not even like really exciting games that we ended up losing. No, it was just like just mediocre affair. The games in the Bernabeu were usually quite good, but the ones in the Camp Nou were always like very, very disappointing. Until this one. Oh my God, this is the best Classico I've been. This was better than the 5 1 to be in the stadium. It was more fun. Yeah, great. More, yeah, it's more here. exciting. I, I, said, yeah. Like, I think you just, yeah, you felt it through the TV. And speaking of the camp, no, our last little topic here, it's not even a topic, just congratulations are due to the Barca Femini in front of 54,000 plus fans at the camp. No, made the semifinals of the Champions League. And I spoke with a little doubt on Tuesday's show, not about them beating Roma, but about how positive I was about the unavailable who are returning. But the team emphatically, even without Alexi Puteas, with uh, Paredes even just returning, and then Claudia Pina, she wasn't there, and Graham Hansen got the start. But the team emphatically crushed Roma 5-1 in the 
in front of, again, 54,000 plus. Rafa scored the opener and the third goal. Nappy Leon scored a really nice curling goal. I think that's the one to find if you only watch one highlight. And then Ashwala got a tap in. Patri made a five with a header near the end. And now they will face Chelsea in the semis. And while Wolfsburg and Arsenal contest the other one, you know, those are four good teams. And I'm telling you now, though, the people who haven't watched Barcelona, but most of what you are going to hear is that Arsenal are the favorites. I'm just telling you now, like, that's what's going to be said. And then, of course, it's going to be world football is going to look at this from a Chelsea view as far as them taking down Lyon in dramatic extra time fashion and probably have not forgotten the Champions League final where Barca blew them off the field. So it's going to be about like Chelsea's revenge tour more than it is about Barcelona finding their own redemption for losing to Lyon last year and then coming back and just how talented they are. Now, again, that said, if Alexi Guteas does return like she's supposed to in the next week or two to the field, and all of a sudden, I mean, I can't see how she'd hit the ground running, but let's say she does, that makes Barcelona easily the favorite. Because if there's one player the from Barcelona who's recognizable, it's it's Alexia. When are the semis? The semis in a few weeks. Oh, okay. Might come a bit too early then for her. I, to, I agree. To really like, yeah. Because she's been out for, for Nine a long months. time, right? Nine months. Yeah, yeah. ACL, yeah. I don't follow it that much, but um, a friend of mine, Isaiah, he, he told me like, hey, you at the game? Like we, this was like uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, the quarterfinals, and I was at work actually, and I actually asked him like, um, which game? And he's like, the quarterfinals, like which quarterfinals? Barca family against Roma. I was like, oh, is that today? No, no, I didn't know that they were playing. But I'm gonna try. I'm I'm gonna try to go uh, against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I think see how much the tickets are. Well, I mean, they've been reasonable so far, and I mean, I think there's gonna be eighty. My guess is for Chelsea, it's going to be 85 plus, is my guess. Yeah, so that, that's great. It, it, it is that time of the season. And last season, I was more focused on the feminine even because the, the men had nothing to worry about. But this season now, I mean, there is a lot of trophies that could be coming the way of both the men and the women for Barcelona. That's an exciting time. So, Levon, over the last few years, you and I have had some negative endings of podcast, but I, I have nothing but just positive things to say at the end of this one. So, uh, yeah, onward and, and, and out to the next one. So, Unless Barcelona lose to Elche, and then the next time, <laughs> and, then, and then we just get to blow up the show for next week. So, but nah, either way, and then we're still nine points ahead. Exactly, El, exactly. Elche El, El, is a trick game, huh? because everybody expects us to win this game, but they're gonna fight. They're gonna fight. Well, they also might actually. I mean, if you're, they might actually fire their manager at halftime because they have gone. What is there seven managers this season? So they actually might fire him at halftime, and they might call you down. They're just, they're just keep your phone on because mm-hmm. they they might need you. I mean. But yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll say, I mean, how many times can you try the manager bump? Like, oh, we got a new guy in. Maybe he can motivate the troops. And they've done it like yeah, seven but then, times already. Five times but, then, ever, but. but then out of nowhere, all of a sudden they play well, they play well against you. Yeah. Somebody so, makes it work. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. and also their goalkeeper also always does fantastic. What is it? Ed, uh, Ed, Eddie Baggia, right? I think it okay, is. Okay. So it's not short. Where's Shorty Masip? He is at uh, Vital Lead. Ah, right. He's at Vital Lead. Uh, yeah. Because this, the shirt color is the same, right? Similar. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's that's what makes him up. Yeah, he always right. plays great. Well, Edgar Badia means we have to close the show. Like, talking about Edgar Badia is too much. So, anyway, follow Levon on Twitter down in the shows below. Or don't. Again, that's up to you. Who knows? The Twitter will be a website soon. But Twitter and Instagram for us, at Pod. Also on TikTok, closed Facebook group, Patreon, YouTube. You know where to find us. As well as the merch store, which I always remind you of. So, thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. For the Barca. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.